were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. I am your host, Base Orphan 18, and today we're doing the third episode of season six, which is Jagged Little Tapestry or Tapestry. Is it Tapestry? It's Tapestry. It's Tapestry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then I've got some returning guests here, and I'll let them introduce themselves. And I didn't pick an order, so uh, Pink can go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hi, Pink. Uh, Honeysuckle Pink on uh, most social media. And uh, yeah. Hey, we're 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 getting close to the end, huh? Are you on on Pillow Fort too? Because the people have been introducing themselves yes. on Pillow Fort as well. Yes, yes, I'm also Honey Little Pink on Pillow Fort. Um, and I am Kelly uh, Kurt McKinnon on Tumblr. I don't have a Pillow Fort yet, but I'm, I'll let you know when I do. Um, so <laughs> I have an extra key, Kelly, if you want one. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, you guys can talk after at, at the end of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> And and I'm um, Sladiest uh, Gretchen. You can call me Gretchen uh, Sladiest on Pillowfort and on Tumblr. Awesome. Welcome back, guys. We're doing this lovely Carol King Alanis Morissette mashup episode. Um, yeah, which I actually really like, even though it's kind of angsty and has some it's interesting. So angsty. <laughs> I yeah, like this is, uh, um, I feel like this is. I always wanted a '90s tribute week on Glee, and I feel like this is the closest they got. Yeah, yeah. those albums is from the 90s this is the closest because i was i was a teenager in the 90s that was my youth so yeah the music is kind of sentimental to me yeah Mm -hmm. i know like a lot of other people who you know a lot of the uh, like pink i know you grew up um 
with in Gen X stuff. And so the 80s stuff, mm-hmm. like, hits home probably a little bit more for you than it does me. So to hear some Alanis was like, yeah, I can yeah. do this. Oh, certainly. Because Alanis also- obviously was about college, well, after college. And really, I commented on somebody's YouTube channel about this the other day. Um, I worked in radio in the 90s. So oh. that was my big period oh. where I started working in college radio around 1993 and I worked in radio through about 2001. Um, now the last couple of years I spent in radio, I really spent in country. So I was kind of smacked up in the whole Shania, Mariah, not Shania, Mariah, Sh- Shania, Faith, Martina, Reba, all that stuff. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, but, but you ought to know Jagged Little Pill came out like the first year that I was in pop radio what and so, cool. Ninety-five. I was a thirty-year-old married person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was so, fresh out of college on my first radio gig. I will tell you, I have <laughs> so, I have a much stronger connection to the Carol King uh, piece of, yeah. of this episode oh, than okay. I do with the Atlantis, of which I have only I think heard the hit song. Yeah, I was in Carol King. Oh, I oh, sorry, I was going to say Carol King is still a lot of those songs are considered classics. I mean, I I, oh, yeah. I, mean, I knew those songs even though they came oh, out. Yeah born yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's because tapestry is such a classic album right, um, right i still remember i think one of my favorite memories of carol king and it's not even carol king singing it's the um they did the kennedy center honors and it's when aretha franklin came out and sang yeah, that was just a couple years ago yeah, yeah and great. carol was freaking and i think i think president obama was crying and it was Aww. just like yeah if uh, you haven't seen that it's worth looking up on youtube Oh, okay. Yeah. And then another quick uh, Glee-adjacent connection before we actually get full on into the episode is, mm-hmm. of course, you know, Melissa Benoist, who um, plays now as Supergirl, uh, but played Hi. Marley Rose, uh, did a stint of beautiful the Carol yes. King musical. Oh, and really? I didn't know I that. I did see her do that, yes. Oh, oh my God, awesome. I'm so jealous. I so wanted to see that so bad. Was she good? She was okay. She was about what you'd expect. I mean, you know, she's got yeah. an acting style that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, yeah. But then I saw the I saw the video where Carol King had actually come up to surprise her on, on stage, so. I was oh, not there that cool. night, sadly. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in um, middle school when... Uh, Jagged Little Pill came out and it was I mean it was an angsty album and perfect for the middle school set that you know we have feelings and <laughs> everybody was playing it all the time so yeah all of these songs I'm like oh my gosh yeah yeah I was a junior or senior in high school so that I was I was the perfect age for that mm-hmm. um, yeah I was yeah. probably I think I was actually Alanis's age now that I think about it yeah she was born in 74 yeah yeah I'm like a okay. year just a year older than her Okay. So, how many of you were totally blown away to find out that you ought to know was about Uncle Joey? I know. I, I know. I, so I heard weird. that rumor before, but wow. <laughs> I've also never seen Full House. Wow, really? That's okay. Yeah. You know, you're wow. not missing much. <laughs> yeah, really. Looking back, really wasn't that great. <laughs> no, because like and I grew apparently up on it. Pay for college Look, education. It's, it's, it's all. It's all <sighs> definitely you know uh, of a. Uh, um, a nostalgia thing, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. It's not good because we watched it religiously. But then again, I was again the, the uh, yeah right, uh, Stephanie's age was yeah. So, um, oh my goodness, I love that the age range on this podcast though is it's pretty, pretty cool. wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, it means that we can all be fans no matter what the age. Yeah. So, 
So, okay. Uh, let's jump in because we, we start in and we get, um, we get in between, what is it? Between the sheets. We're at between the sheets. I yes, think they're at, yes. At the sheet music store yeah. Yeah. For, the show, and, for the show choir, hate crime. um yeah and then kurt and plane meet up and this is the first time they've probably seen each other since the incident scandal oh no because they had the whole thing in homecoming the the whole blow up of like y'all stole you stole jane from the warblers oh right yes so that's a little awkward but but plane's being really nice here and sweet and you know it's it's the whole oh god here's my ex the guy that away our best singer in the world and I have to be polite yeah <laughs> um, well I think he also really wants to see I mean obviously he wants yeah. to see her yeah. but I just want to give a shout out to whoever created all those Blaine and Karofsky memes in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> when those when the pre-photos were released for this episode Blaine collects all the Pokemon on the next episode of <laughs> every single one of those I oh, swear to god they man. got me through this episode <laughs> uh, and I like Dave. Those things are uh, And I think I talked about it on Tumblr, but very quickly, because um, I haven't brought it up on the podcast yet. Um, I blame this show and this particular storyline for getting me hooked onto Switched at Birth on ABC Family. Really? Because um, Max Adler was on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Max Adler played um, Bay's uh, boyfriend at one point on the show. So I said, okay, you know what? I can get, I can get used to Dave as, as, as being Blaine's boyfriend. I just have to, I just have to see Max Adler in a different context. That's all. It's, and it, it worked well. And then it got me hooked. And then I got hooked on the whole damn show. Uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting journey to go through everybody's, how do you feel about Blainovsky? Because I've had wildly different and varying opinions and it's been, been kind of fun for me, yeah. you guys, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have a conceptual oh. problem with it other than I don't multi-ship ever. And I never want to see any of them with anybody else because, but I guess that that's my thing. And, uh, you know, I feel like Dave's character had a total journey from one end to the other, and I don't yeah, think it was did. an unrealistic journey. Yeah, right. So I, mean, I, I feel yeah. like okay, you know, get me where I want to go, but but all right, fine. It yeah, just, it just gave me angst because I didn't want to see them like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had it been the end game relationship with Blaine, then I would have been upset. But since it was just, I was very clearly just a mid game. Right, and it, it was much at that and time. In a lot of ways, based on his, you know, sort of missing Kurt for both of them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I feel it, like no, go ahead. Ahead. no, no, no. Sorry. I was going to say that, and one of the things about their interaction I noticed was that I really feel like like Dave's really trying to go out of his way to kind of support, you know, Blaine's interest and everything because we're both trying to pick up music from the Warblers at the same time. It's just like, God, trying to get this guy off Broadway and we're off off Broadway. And it's, it's one of those, you can tell it's just like, he's not into the same interest, but boy, is he trying. Yes. Yeah. But I always exactly. thought that was funny because Blaine wasn't really the Broadway half of that pair. I mean, no, he you know, Blaine's he interests were actually yeah. more poppy. So if Blaine yeah. is looking for Broadway, I feel like that's still connecting him to Kurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If Blaine's looking for Broadway, that's, that's not maybe a sign. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think that Karofsky here is totally like 
I'm trying to be polite about this, but uh, <laughs> my <laughs> stop talking it's to your ex. Aunt. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but yeah. So. Then they then they head out and then they start singing. It's too late, <sighs> and my heart breaks into a thousand little pieces. It is it is a beautiful duet, but then I still have a so, hard time listening to it. I have to be honest. No, uh, I gotta say though, I think I think this is definitely probably again one of those questions of well, did it really happen or did it not? It did not happen. It was completely in Kurt's head. Well, yeah, oh yeah, so this is the with, second it time Kurt's it's happened, idea. right? Right. The weird thing about it, well, it's a little bit in Blaine's head too, because like he's sitting at the piano. I think when he's looking at the photos of Kurt at the well, piano, I think Kurt wants him to be looking at photos of Kurt. Oh, come on! Yeah, but that's—I mean—that's <laughs> Kurt's thing. fantasy. It's, Blaine is just like sad that he's not with Kurt. It's just like come what may. Yeah, it's interesting because that that scene where. Like they go off into different directions and then Blaine is like singing and then he sees them at the Lima Bean and Kurt's mm-hmm. dressed like he is in season two. And I don't know. It's so weird. I It's like. Look, does anything on Glee really happen? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> does Glee even happen? Sometimes I wonder if Glee even happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, Did man. Did it happen? Was any of it real? Is Glee still happening? I think Glee is still happening. Oh, it's always happening in my heart. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I think I because I I had questioned going into the episode rewatching it just like now I'm trying to remember if there was any sign that there was any reality to it or anything. But the way that no. Kurt says it very clearly, it's like nope. It was just like come what may in season four. It was completely Kurt's fantasy. Did Sue have any footage of it? Hold on. A second. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I didn't How watch the next doing? one. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> now. Again. Hold on. I no. Um, I do like though that the show goes out of its way to show Kurt in this episode, not even just in the scene, but the entire episode to be like very, you know, very longing and wanting Blaine back and yeah. going through the breakup and stuff. And, and, you know, yeah, I mean, he's not really going to move on from it, but just it's a nice touch because they had all of the Blaine longing for Kurt in season right. four. Right. It's nice to right. look at. So, um, however, we can all tell. However, it made me sad. Never, oh, I'm sorry. Aww. I'm sorry I made you sad. I, t- I told I told the SO that all I was going to do was wail on this podcast. Yeah. You can't. No. Well, we're going to get married in a few episodes, so it's all good. Yeah, I know. That's what I keep thinking. They get married. They get married. They get married. I remember, yeah. Would you guys remember how like angsty it felt watching it live? And even though we knew we had spo- been spoiled for the wedding stuff, yeah. I mean, like, but it's so hard to get through this. Yeah. Season six, as I've talked about this before, but season six is the only season that I watched in real time. Huh. So oh, it was the yeah, first time right. that I was like Goodness. experiencing it all along as it was happening. It was it was very stressful. I don't know how you did that for five years. <laughs> it was um, very stressful. <laughs> spoilers. It's like after season four breakup, I was just like, give me all the damn spoilers. Oh, I want to know yeah. like, I have no problem. Yeah. It, yeah. it does help having it but, uh, help having the when I when I um got involved I got involved in the fandom about halfway through um the show, like season four, I think. So it, it does help having the fandom there to talk to. Right. But sometimes, sometimes fandom makes it worse too. Right. <laughs> they can yeah. talk about things that aren't a big thing. Like Dr. Blaine. Oh, you know, my, God. oh my God. What the hell was that? Russia. 
on the one hand, you have times like Dr. Blaine, but then the other times you have things like Egg Blaine. Where <laughs> I love Egg Blaine. Egg Blaine will save us all. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's go on. So, okay. yep. uh, so, um, so the next day, we have uh, Kurt and Rachel sitting on the floor discussing things, and Kurt's talking about how he was walking around, um, you know, singing. He's been singing a lot of Carol King because apparently he's been listening to that uh, album on repeat constantly. And um, and you know what? That was something that got me confused. I could have sworn going into this episode that it had been the opposite, and that 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 yeah. It, it reminded me that, oh, that's right, Kurt was the Carol King one and Rachel was the Atlantis one. Just, that's yeah, but I think that fits their characters. Yeah. I mean, because like when it gets into, when they start talking about, um, when they do the little comedy bit, talking to everybody in their first choir practice, oh, and. God. Rachel's like, it's edgy and whatever. And, and Kurt's like, or you can have like whatever he says about Carol King. Yeah, and I'm just like, I I, I, th- I feel like there must have been, I'm surprised there was not more about them butting heads as instructors. Well, they only had 13 episodes. Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot of time. Out. It's mostly in this episode. crammed in two and a half months. Hit the highlights <laughs> and move on. I love <laughs> yeah. that um, Rachel talks about Will giving them a rounded out musical education. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Kurt did. No, sorry, Kurt said that. And I was like, really? Yeah, really? rapid journey. Yeah, rapid <laughs> journey. Um, and then I, how is Carol King and Alanis Morissette more rounded out than like you know? <laughs> um, well, it's you know cross cross decade, uh, cross genre. So. Yeah, you could do it. Yeah. I actually thought I actually really like the music in this episode. I, I do too, though. Yeah. I think the performances really were all great. Terrific. The songs were good. The mashups were good. I, I thought they were all pretty great. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Actually, I think I'll, it's a. I'm, forever longing for a Kurt solo from this season, but he did, you know, sing out a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Um, I think this might be my favorite episode for music for the season, for the season. Yeah. Cause there's so much of it is yeah, running singing eighties oh. stuff. So <laughs> to, to have something that's, uh, you could tell they tried in this episode. So, yeah. um, okay. So then they kind of move into the coach beast stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I kind of oh. want to hear your guys' opinion. Uh, we don't need to talk too much about the specifics of it or anything, but like, I guess, how do you guys feel about the start of this yeah. whole Coach Beast decides to transition? Thing? I want to be careful as a, I mean, I'm a cisgender person. I can't speak for those issues, but I, but I, I, but I do, but I would say that probably nowadays, I think, well, even though it's only nowadays, it's only four years later, but yeah. they would have try to get, even though they didn't plan the storyline at first, it would be better to get a, a trans actor to play that role. Right. Yeah. And have like, you know, just, you know, just bring on it. It's like, they already brought on new characters. I mean, they had brought on, you know, the new members of the league club. So, I mean, if they had just brought on like another assistant coach, because yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but a, a high school football team, you have more than two coaches. Right. <laughs> well, okay. so, I'm going to, I'm going to defend the, the structure of having to make that TV show in that season at that point with oh, no yeah. budget. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that those things were truly options. And I think if they really wanted to hit that sort of a story, I mean, I, I mean, there is, they make it as, they, supportive as they, they make it as supportive as they can. 
with the tools that they have. Yeah, I mean, the show already has um, 6,000 characters, so they don't... Right, I don't know that you really want to... I mean, all people did was complain, why are we? Ha- why do we have all these new characters again? Right, that's true. So here's an idea. They could have just, you know, they didn't have to toss Unique out and just bring her back for one episode in season seven. I'm not, yeah. They could have had... They could have had Wade Unique they maybe, go through maybe, her maybe wasn't available. I mean, like, I... I, I I, I have yeah. to, you, you don't know what, you don't know what the intent originally was and whether they had other issues that mm, they had to sort of combat. And, yeah. and I know that sometimes that that's like a lame excuse, but it, they're real, they're real issues you have to deal with when you're making the show. That's oh, true. absolutely. Um, what do you guys, and I, I am keeping in mind Kelly's point that um, we may not be the best people to like right. really dissect it. Um, but right. I do want to bring up just the one other thing that other people said is that here is this, here is Coach Beast who a prior was a um, not traditional feminine woman. Right. Um, oh. And to change that, um, right. a lot of people felt not upset that you know about somebody being trans but right. about well, where's my that. I, I actually have a, a good friend a co-worker who um was kind of upset at the time he's like they, they were not unhappy for beast's character but they were like what about us you know super tomboys it's like this is i, I you know they felt really connected to Beast yeah. before and now they were like oh, okay okay you know it, so she was wow. pretty sad about it wasn't so, me, but it was, you know, she was like, yeah. oh. so I just wanted to, yeah. Yeah, put that all out there, even though it's, it's you know, just, go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's something ahead to be in, but I think maybe we could just go ahead and go through the B storyline and, and then move on to the other things. Oh, yeah, um, that's, yeah. But, but yeah, it's like by the end when, um, when Sam, first off, when Sam is just like, this feels like it's coming out of nowhere. And I think everybody was like, yeah, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of us think so too. Well, I got. I got to give yeah. props to Cord, who was my favorite character this entire season. Just yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Certainly for the first yeah. half of the series. First half of yeah. the season. No, I suppose. Like, I wrote, if I, I do. Wrote down look, um, sorry, I wrote down ones that I like. Well, I suppose, so. like, if I do look back and um, um, if, like, if I if, if I kind of look back at Beast's character over the years, like maybe like at the time he was trying to he was trying to be someone he wasn't, and that's why he never fit in. It felt like he fit in as a woman. I mean, I guess you could look back at it that way. He never felt like he fit in because he wasn't a woman. I, right. I mean, it's a little mm-hmm. retrofitty. Yeah, you really definitely have to. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's, that's funny. well, and and shout out to Dot Me Dot Marie Jones who did a great oh, yeah, job. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. he so was really really good. So yeah, but I mean the line that she had, it's not about who I want to go to bed with, it's who I want to go to bed as. Right. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's a great line. It's a good one trying to explain to Sam. So I just yeah. I'm just, you know, I think we've covered what changed between season two and now. Mm-hmm. Um where she was just like, I'm just a girl who just wants to be kissed to actually. Mm-hmm. And I well, you know, I wonder just how many you know, at the same time, you do wonder how many, you know, trans men actually started as, well, I just thought I was a tomboy. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, because it's like, hey, I like men. So right. it's, it's a legitimate journey. It is valid. I mean, I do have a friend of mine um, who identified as a gay man for a very, very long time. And then recently said, you know what? I believe I'm trans. And 
um it did seem out of nowhere but i totally like i support her now and it's like yeah she's just you know that's who she is and it, it everybody it's not a a process that is like you know oh i know this automatically all the time you know so yeah and one of the actors from season six um the one who the the actor actors who played that annoying little kid um came out and oh yeah the one that played myron yeah yes yeah. Hey, Coda. Yes. And also, um, the actor who plays Sunshine is a trans guy. Is right. came mm-hmm. out after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake yep. Cyrus. Yep. I mean, yes. You, you have to sort of have to. I mean, I, I even though Glee was a comedy and played a lot of things for jokes. I mean, they gave a lot of screen time to things that even just a few short l- years later became no- much more normalized oh, yeah. societally than even they were then. Yeah. And the way yep. you do that is to treat them like they're normal. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because they are. All right. Um, so going on, we have, I, okay. This, there's a scene where Kurt and Rachel decide to do their first lesson. And I love the comedy here between Kurt and Rachel as they're trying to awkwardly explain what their lesson is. And yeah, yeah I just think it's funny. There's not really anything to the scene except for exposition. Was um, that the, um, the yeah. one where Sheena goes, just sit in the back and smile like I did for three years? <laughs> yeah, I had that written down. So you saw my line. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Jane's been like, what is how, going how on here? House, everybody's still here. Don't you guys have jobs or school? And, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know like, I spend time and space with my mind. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that line, Brittany. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we have where Brittany is a time lord. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Brittany and Santana, Artie, Tina, and Quinn are here. It's weird. I'm kind of surprised Puck is not back for this one, but no, he is. Um, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he doesn't have any lines or sing anything. Actually, he does. He does say one thing. It's like he during does, the when the yeah, happens, the like just go with about, it. Oh, this, thing, this sort of thing happens. Oh, it all happens all the time. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's back there. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right, and then, yeah, so they're trying to work out their lesson, and so that's when Santana says, you know, she and Brittany will think something up. So. All right. <laughs> um. So then after the the. <laughs> exposition of the the little first meeting we get tina and quinn um i'm not sure what the big deal is about like quinn like jabbing at tina but hey it's there um and um they find out that becky is dating or has a a guy that she's dating named daryl and he's been dating a guy and she's got a web of lies web of lies (laughs) I love like all the all the clubs that she is in. I know that little montage of all those different. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that they gave the actress Lauren more more to do this. I mean, even though she was still doing the yelling bitch at everyone, right. but, but they gave yeah, her some actual bitch. work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And I like that. They, I actually do like that they gave her a boyfriend. And this whole you know thing is again about. It I does tie in with kind of with coach beast a little bit where yeah it it can be a normal thing it doesn't have everybody's like oh my god right. she's right. dating somebody is he, he using a, her yeah. yeah and you never yeah. 
And I'm, I'm like, oh. you never see disabled people dating on uh, in most shows. You don't see them dating. They're always there, there to like inspire somebody or make Rachel feel better about her sore throat or, right. <laughs> yeah. like, or oh dating God. other disabled people but, and not dating people. Right. Yeah. Even right. though, right. even though Artie and, took it too far with his right. dating, oh it's still, it's a normal, it's people have lots of the same things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so after the introduction of that storyline, we get the Brit- Brittany and Santana scene where they're in their room. And this scene is interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's sappy as hell. If Santana was looking, if this is, and it's like Brittany's right, if this is anybody else, Santana would be like making like, like puking bells. Like, oh, my God, you guys are so sweet. Well, I you think know, they wanted like, to, teeth are rotting to and build up that they were ready, that she was ready to get married. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys feel that it was just a little bit forced? I don't know. I, like, I, because I guess I, not that I don't see Brittany and Satana lasting or anything, or not lasting, but it's like, I feel like they were always, always would be the couple that would just like call each other, they, you know, they're girlfriends and they'd go travel and then they like yeah. are not together sometimes and then together sometimes. I don't know. I just, Maybe. marriage seems a little too traditional. I don't know. Well, it's not just that. It's not, well, I mean, this could just be like, I, overall, I don't think the writing in season six was all that great. And I think there were some, there were some lines that I was just like, I never would have heard this in seasons one through five. And I just felt like they were just trying to, okay, let's just write this and spit it out and get over with so that we can, you know, you know, put some other television show on Friday nights besides this. Yeah. The plea writers oh. are weirdly obsessed with scissoring. Like, there's other things. Yeah. That, what yeah. the hell? It's like, is that the only thing yeah. they do? They, obviously, they're not lesbians. <laughs> yeah. It's like so. a straight man, which makes it kind of weirder. Yeah. Oh. I also thought it was really weird that they were talking about scissoring and then they're fully clothed. Like, wow, that was that yeah. scissoring session was great. And they're like, like fully clothed. <laughs> like, okay. Like, they're not even like half undressed. Yeah. <laughs> the hair still looks perfect. Everything looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could have uh, they could have just left that out yeah and they could have had a you know just the, the, just their cuddling that would have been I don't know yeah there's a lot of unnecessary movement like uh, Santana pours them a drink and then they set it down and they don't drink it just like what was the point of doing that other than to have something going on in the scene um man I did like the mention of you, you want to know and I also um mm-hmm. Pink sent something funny in an email which was um, that would that would have been a good song for Kurt to sing at this point, which was right. "Would he go down on you in a theater?" I, yeah, I would have killed for that. I was like, "It's chicken shit." <laughs> they didn't have Kurt sing that because, my God, the fanfics that would have brought up. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I feel like it's a little too angry for Kurt. Um, yeah, I but think it's still it's might be a little bit in the anger phase of a breakup because I mean, yeah, breakups yeah, are yeah, kind of so like he was kind of stages of grief. I feel yeah. like that there could have been a really great Kurt doing martial arts training, singing You Ought to Know. Yes. Post the screaming Santana hallway scene. Oh, yeah. Like, that was like a missed opportunity. Chris would have loved that. Could you imagine Blaine singing You Ought to Know, though? What? (laughs) Could you imagine Blaine singing? I think Blaine would have been hilarious singing it. Kind of like fighter. Yeah. Yeah, it would have fit, though. I mean... I know. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, so, 
Um, yeah, so then we get more of the Becky, you know, plot line, and it's, you know, she's with Sue, and Sue's concerned. And, and Sue says, all really healthy relationships are built on lies. I was <laughs> I was honest with myself, and I ended up divorcing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they acknowledge that. You know, this, this season, though, does intentionally try to make a lot of callbacks to yeah. other seasons though. Yeah. Hey, remember when we did this crazy thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. It's entirely meta on the rest of the series. Uh-huh. It really yeah. is. Oh, very much so. Really, really is. Um, is one way to, you know, tackle that giving everybody a happy ending. Oh, uh, that was a motorcycle. Goodness. Yeah. Y'all not, not have one of those no Jake break signs outside, like in, in town or anything. <laughs> we don't. Whatever Jake breaks are, I think Jake breaks are the ones that make that when they let them go. As well, if it's the one that goes, oh, yuck. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. So then we get this kind of. Um, oh, that's this. Okay, so then we get the first song. No, second song, because we did um it's too late already. It was which is the mashup um that Brittany and Santana sing, and it's hand in my pocket and feel the earth move. Mm-hmm. I feel the earth move. Which I like. Yeah. I think it's sweet. Oh, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Brit- okay. I like it. It's not my favorite of the episode, but it's it's third. Yeah, I mean, I, it, okay, I listen to it. It's it's on my mask okay, weekly list. Mm-hmm. For Heather, it's one of her better vocal performances. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like her eggs and bacon shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, man. Oh, that's right, because this is the, the... Puck is here because he makes the line... Um, when they're okay, so they just sing the song, and then that's when St. Hannah starts to get. She's like, you know, oh gosh, what does she say? Um, like, no she matter what, mashup. Yeah, he compares the relationship to a mashup, like all great yeah. mashups. Yeah, <laughs> and then Roderick's like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and that because Puck has this one line of uh, "Be oh, quiet." This happens. Have- this happens in here all the time. Yeah, go, yeah. just go with it. And then we get, yeah, but we get Kurt through the whole thing, like, watching, he's like, oh my god, I know what's going on, Super and he's awkward, starting to freak out. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Super judgmental. Like, I get it, you don't have your breakup. Okay. Oh, poor Kurt. Um, so sure. yeah, and like, you even have, yeah, so Santana's starting to propose, and she does her big proposal thing. Um, it's not, you know, it's totally not Blaine's, but whatever. What is going to be Blaine's? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, even Quinn and, and Tina are like, yeah, we can support this. This is yeah, great. Screw it. You guys are perfect for each other. <laughs> and Kurt's like, have and you I learned nothing? Joy out of anything in the room, but even I can't fault this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what they did learn. Both of them went off and had other kinds of experiences without each other, and then they came yeah. back. You know, yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, and, and they kind of tried to do this with Curtin's line. I mean, Blaine, and sorry, Kurt had Adam. And, um, and, not really, though. Yeah. Blaine is having Karofsky. I should probably mm-hmm. not phrase it like that, but. Um, well, it <laughs> probably is, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, or, or Karofsky's having Blaine. I mean, or they just. <laughs> <laughs> you all. Uh, 
But yeah, so Kurt objects. He has to speak now forever hold his peace. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, well, he does have a point that, you know, they are all young and it is a little ridiculous that all of these teenagers are, I mean, they're not teenagers at this point, because I think part of the reason for Santana pouring that wine or whatever it was, they do this throughout season six. Like a lot of people, like, like a lot of the older kids have. Hey, we're 21 now. Yeah, but are they 21? Like they are two years out of high school. They're not 21. Kurt is because he was 16 when they started the show. So he's 21 now, but that's a good point for everybody else. Yeah. Rachel's definitely know. not. I don't know. I know that Sam says at the party and transitioning, you know, I poured you a little something um, and it's meant to be alcohol, which why would you be drinking alcohol with minors? And I don't even know. But yeah, plus Brian Murphy made. Oh, go ahead. Whatever. No, go on. I was just going to say Ryan Murphy made the big, you know, stink about like they asked him to be married at 21. And he's going to be married at 21. So I think they were trying to, I don't know. I think the show forgot what ages these kids are. So. They're all 12 and 35 all at the same time. Yep, exactly. And it's not not like the show had, you know, hey, we need a few more seasons to get these kids up to drinking age. It's just like, yeah. Let's just go ahead. But the point is that Kurt interrupts the proposal and Santana is not happy about that. He's a Debbie Downer. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Kurt, Kurt was in the wrong in that, you know, yeah. he, um, he was being a Debbie Downer. And um, and if, if the seminal Broadway classic Funny Girl has taught us anything, it's that you don't rain on someone's parade. Yeah. He, <laughs> around, he exactly. brought his little Winnie the Pooh, little black rain cloud into the choir room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he brought God knows I've read enough fan fictions where, where Rachel where Rachel Drake drowns everybody else's parade. Maybe it's just the reason <laughs> when I'm free, whatever. Um, I do. Um, I feel like we're getting right into the, what I call the Santana showdown. Um, yeah. But before yeah, that, I want to get into, um, it goes back into the, Shan- into the Shannon, into the coach B story. Right. Just because there were some, some awesome lines about, yeah. Um, well, first off, it's like I'm taking it's like, you know, I can't I can't fire a coach for screaming. I'm taking a course in pedagogical screaming. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it's as like bad Batman. as Sue's story was along the way, every, I was like, every time Jane opens her mouth, I'm on the floor. It doesn't matter yeah, how like, bad the overall story is. Well, I mean, gone. she can, because we were doing it. It's like you're Batman, only gay. So like yeah. Batman. um she we were reading the script uh, of of one of the episodes recently and we went through and we're like these lines aren't that funny but when jane lynch says them she does something amazing and she can make anything funny she can read the phone book and it would be funny she's so good she's so good so yeah you can just a testament to her performance and everything because yeah reading the lines we're like this isn't that funny (laughs) um but yeah then it it does lead into the um santana rant and i do have a list of santana's complaints about kurt um (laughs) do we really need to go through them Oh, yeah, I don't. Okay, we don't have to go through them then. Well, my objection was that most of what, okay, Kurt was rude, okay? He, we shouldn't have interrupted yes. her proposal, but but, the, oh, but I don't think it warranted such an over the top reaction. Right. I mean, I, you you yeah. think he, he like murdered somebody, like, depending by the way she reacted. 
it, it was just way too much. And 90% of what she said to him had nothing to do with what he actually did. Yeah, and that's what I was going to actually... What do his dance moves have and, to do with anything? He, he does have yeah. four moves, basically, but... Uh, but but they're adorable. Thing? Yeah. But here's the thing. This is... She, it's not just that. Every, I went back and listened, and I'm like, every single one of those things is something that some Kurt or Chris Colfer hater has said online. Yes, and that yeah, was, yeah. I will tell you, when I first saw it, my first reaction is, this is how this shitty shit that people write online sounds when it come on, comes yes. out of their mouth. That yeah, and that's representative why... of, don't do this either. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's how I kind of took it. I found it a little funny, not because, like, you know, I want to rag on Kurt, but because I'm like, this is how stupid you people sound when you, like, right. none of this, half of it is, like, physical traits. Like, you can't right. change that. Whatever. Right. Some of it, like, about the dance moves. Whatever. Some of it was just stupid because, like, the, like... You know, make macaroni cheese or fart it. I'm like, okay, that's just stupid. Um, it, yeah. It's it's but then not... the thing like about his upper teeth, and I'm just like, well, he does have that thing where he doesn't really show like all of yeah. his teeth. Yeah, yeah. Once he's like really, really happy. Well, again, it's Chris... nothing to do with anything. That's yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, and it just and... like yeah. I fan and like the fan reaction to it. Like, I think I don't. This is one another thing where I'm not sure is it the show or is it the fans' reaction? Because a lot of people acted like this was the height of comedy. This is the best thing they've ever seen, and I, I think part of it is people like to watch other people get yelled at. Like <laughs> that's why people watch shows like Judge Judy. They love to watch or when you're in school and like a kid gets in trouble and the whole class is like, ooh, you know. People yeah, I don't like that. Watch other people. Well, get part of it's yeah. like the rapid fire thing, though. Also, it's just like yeah. the form of the show. I'm a huge fan of Drag Race, and one of the challenges that they have every year on Drag Race is reading. Like the library mm-hmm. is open, and now I'm going to read you. If anybody's ever watched Paris is Burning, learn from right. you know what oh, yeah. reading, right. the art of reading is. And Santana is read is, and we saw this when people would repost it. Santana is reading Kurt for Phil. Yeah. Right. Well, and 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 it's not out of character for her necessarily, but I I do yeah. think that the over the topness is like like Pink says is like these were specific things that I would read people write mm-hmm. online yeah. about him, and then they put them into somebody's mouth as a exactly. And a lot, and a lot some of, of them the funnier his... stuff that she'd done to people on earlier seasons of the show. Well, That's... and I also think that this isn't like okay, like this is also. You know, she had said worse stuff to Finn earlier in the series. Like, this is her. And I've never really been a fan of that. Like, in general, like, that kind of meanness that she does, I don't like. Um, And so. Some of them are just, you have to admit, the whole thing where his puppy nipples look like you could put a topping on it. It looks like a kind of dessert. It's just so bizarre that it works. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, But I, I, you know. There's also I because we just watched I just watched uh, Katie or Gaga I think it was or one of the right. ones where yeah. Brie has this ridiculous oh, yeah. that, scene that was based on I, th- I, th- that, I that I thought that scene was dumb too so Ryan Murphy and them they they must I guess they just love that kind of thing yeah. um I, th- I thought that that scene was dumb I thought that character was pointless but that's another yeah. story but <laughs> exactly. that was based on a real letter that somebody wrote to her sorority sisters or something oh, that was basically viral it was viral for 
how they were behaving during rush or what have you. So, right. I, I find not what is being said, but I like the rapid fire thing, but really, yeah, like the, for some reason, the show has an obsession with mean girls and how mean can you get? Oh, and yeah. Yeah. It, it just, by season six, I'm like, I'm over it. It's whatever. Right. That's a lot um, of, Ryan just I think Ryan's got, Ryan Murphy has an obsession with mean girls. I know. Oh, yeah. Every, oh, well, every Emma true. Roberts character, this ladies, you know, oh, yeah. every Emma Roberts character, or Madison. Oh, but, even the recent season, American Horror Story, Leslie Grossman's character, or at least the first part of it, in Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah I love that season, uh, so I can't. I have a hard time. Yeah, that that was. A, I did like the season. But yeah, <laughs> but he right. was like he totally doesn't have a mean thing girl. with Mean Girls. Yeah. But also for Santana, I mean, I think in earlier seasons that you could identify more with the hurt that she was hiding all of the time. Yeah. When yeah. she was spewing these things out, they were coming from a, a really mixed up place. And right. I think it was oh, yeah. harder to find that in this season six, right? Yeah. That she's on the edge of something. She's like, because she doesn't hate Kurt at all. No. I mean, it's like she and actually likes him. They'll be fine and by the end of the season or at the, the end of the episode. The end of the episode. But I also, yeah. it was harder to identify with the, the Santana hurt rage that, that drove a lot of stuff in earlier seasons this time than it than you know it had been previously so it was just uh, like oh yeah and i think also framing it as in this is why blaine doesn't want to be with you I'm just right like, you're just being mean to be mean yeah like, that was because you know. in fact those are all reasons that blaine does want to be with him yeah <laughs> when you get right down <laughs> right to it, exactly yeah, in right. Every yeah. one of those things about kurt those are all the yeah. things that blaine thinks is adorable Right. Yeah. Well, and I also want to, I do want to throw out there that Kurt is not really phased by it. I mean, right. he's not sitting there crying or like just, he's no, just like, no. oh, shut up. Like, it's like well, I tell you, when you know. Judy Garland, I think like, Rachel's about to throw hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rachel's reactions are actually kind of funny. Rachel's <laughs> still yeah, like, she said, there's Judy and Rachel just looks like, how dare you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, and he goes right into Brittany to talk about it. I mean, yeah, he, he did apologize to Brittany. He, he did yeah, Santana by the end, and you know, she shared his her wedding with them. So yeah, it's it again. was just. I also feel like Santana's one of those in the moment. I'm gonna be all pissy and yell at you, and then I get over it. Whatever. Yeah, it's like also, you have to get it out. So much weed, it's like wafting in through my fucking window. Oh God. <laughs> so. That is absolutely fascinating. Is there a bird out there? <laughs> staring out there and he's doing that little, that little mouth thing that so, you have to do when they see a bird. <gasps> okay. And then, um, so anyway, after, at the end, the last thing you see is, because, you know, Sue has those message boards all around school now. Yeah. Oh, get your crap together. I do like that, just in general. Yeah. It's a, get your crap together. Oh, I forgot. There is one line, um, a breathier, more feminine Quinn for Bray. And I did like that line. Anyway, um, yeah. So then we get more of the um, the Becky, Tina, and Quinn stuff, where mm-hmm. they're trying to help her, and she doesn't really want to. She just no. insults them. And then yeah. isn't this where Daryl comes in for the first time? I believe mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And like, and, oh, were they? And then in Sue's office, is that where we meet him for the first time? Yeah. yeah. Talks to Sue mm-hmm. first. Sue yeah. and, uh, and Coach Roz. And and you know, he's all right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, that's there's that and there's that this. I forgot Roz was in here. 
Oh my god! Yeah, well, there's like three scenes. There's like it's like the first one is when he comes in to pick up Becky, and then there's the one where he comes to pick up Becky after she's been rehearsing with Tina and Quinn, and then Tina and Quinn are like, "Wait a second. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Wait a second. So the the third scene it comes um, after the Brittany and Kurt scene, right? Oh yeah, I'm skipping around a little bit with that scene, but just because I'm reading some of the. Um, uh, some of the outline here and I forgot that like how inappropriate she was like asking Daryl yeah. like are you having sex are you doing that? and it's yeah. I'm, like, like chill dude, your ass out exactly yeah, yeah. 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 and Daryl's right I mean, it goes it's the infantilization of disabled adults and right. teens that right. they still they're still treated like children no matter how old they are there's they, people still think that they're that having a disability makes you a child but the show mm-hmm. rightly calls it out I mean they yep. have this they bring in this other character who can do that when they can't quite figure it out themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And so they even bring up. That, oh, go ahead. You have that exposition with Roz though, where she keeps calling her, calling her Robin. Right. And it's just like, and so and it's, it's like, let me get this straight. Your sister, your daughter, and your best friend all have around. She's like, yeah. And this is Roz. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and it's just the brilliance of Nene Lee. I love Nene. Oh, I know. She's so funny. She's just too much sometimes. A, a little goes a long way. Yeah. All right. So we can jump back up to the Brittany and Kurt scene, which I really like. Um, um the lesbian of candies because it's the got. No I don't understand candies. what they were doing. Why was she filling up that heart with? It was a gift for Santana because mounds are oh. the lesbians of candy. That was a lot of candy, though. <laughs> too much coconut <laughs> candy. Well, it's Brittany. I don't. What are they get? Where are they going to put it? They don't like. Brittany is currently living at home, and we have no idea if Santana actually has a house because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's living know. in Brittany's bedroom. <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, but I like it, and I, I actually, on a more serious note, I want to point out the advice that Brittany gives here because I actually think it's relevant. Where because Kurt is, you know, angsty, and he's like, I want to, you know, I'm not going to admit that it's over with Lane because then it, you know, or I don't want to try over. dating. Um, right. and yeah. and Brittany's like, you know what? You can be in love with him all you want, but don't stop your life. Um, yeah. like you these candies are really, it's like, yeah, this candy is really delicious, and you can sit there and and hope that it's delicious and hope that you can eat it, but but you just sit there and you hope, and then it melts. And then yeah, it looks like, like someone pooped in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I do like that Kurt, Kurt apologizes about interrupting and he says that he's wrong. Yeah. And and I also, because people are like, well, why does he, you know, start off dating if he's still in love? And no, you can do that. Like, Kurt's feelings don't change for Blaine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not, you know. It's not a, I always feel like, it, you know, people in fandom want it to be a clear cut thing. Like, oh, I've stopped having feelings for this person and I have feelings for this person. Yeah. And it doesn't work like it that in real life. No, it doesn't. Sometimes so. you have to start dating again in order yeah. to try to get over the other person or, you know, maybe just, you're, maybe you're never over the other person, but hey, you're really into yeah. this person. Exactly. But to put your life on hold and not do anything with it and just, you know, sit around in misery is not a healthy thing to do. Right. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I've seen, and I've seen cases where, and this is, you know, aside from Glee, but, you know, I'll see these posts on Tumblr where somebody will just like, okay, we're going to break up and I'll get my shit together. And then she'll come back to me. And like two years later, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I moved on. I'm engaged to someone else. Yeah. And it's 
yeah, you thought she was going to wait around for your ass. Exactly. Exactly. And that's another thing that, like, Kurt is kind of dealing with because he thought, you know, he'd be able to come back and Blaine would just be waiting for him. And Blaine did not do that. So that's something you learned. Well, that's something people learn by dating over the years. Yeah. Exactly. Blaine learned that the first go around. He, Mm -hmm. He sat around and pined for Kurt. So they finally got back together. And then the second time I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pine for him. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So. Instead, I'm going to fail out of school, move home, and live in my parents' basement. <laughs> you know, it's a life okay. choice. But after <laughs> that and going to therapy, I'm pretty sure the therapist, I'm, I'm almost certain that it wasn't just a matter of, you know, Lane running into days at night scandals. But I mean, for all we know, the, the therapist probably told him it's just like maybe it's time for you to get yourself back out there. Just mm-hmm. date someone. Yeah. yeah. Go on a date. It doesn't, you don't have to like it. Exactly. Right. And that's kind of like we're going to get into this stuff with Walter. It's not like Kurt, it, it, it's like he's really, you know, with with Kurt and Blaine, everything was always so like extreme and we are the loves of each other's lives and his soulmates and all that. You can just casually date people. It's fine. Yes. It's, like, yeah, exactly. You know, have a hookup. It's fine. You'll be okay. Yes, exactly. So, oh. yeah. So, and then Brittany breaks the news to him that, look, you need to move on because Blaine already has because he's moved in with Dave. Yeah. I helped him decorate. That was so. And I'm like, it just looks like a rainbow, like a unicorn. A unicorn had rainbow diarrhea all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I do like the line, and he's like, "Why is there no bed?" And he's like, "Well, because when I picture you guys oh having sex, I picture you all mounting a moped." Lane looks confused. Dave what? has. I love that. Like, you're not wrong. <laughs> That's my favorite look. I'm like, he's like, yep, that's that's about right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. The only weird thing is that I, I think it's funny that well, I guess it's not, it's Brittany, where she's like, Yeah, you, you move on, and then later she's like, I want to get you guys back together. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh Brittany. But remember but I also- Entire missing scene about how this was all part of Sue's plan to get them back together. I can believe it. I would not be surprised either. I feel like at this point in time, that's even though it hasn't even touched that, you know, Hurt Locker stuff. I feel like it's already in in motion. Yeah. Um, Now I'm just going to use this this moment to plug my my fanfic. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Do that. I do all the things. Don't feel bad about that. It is. So this was about the either the 2015 or the 2016 plane advent, uh, but I did a 24 chapter theme filler uh, fic called "Somebody Loves You," and it fills in all of the missing scenes and a lot of the missing gaps uh, from season six, since we did not get an entire 22 episode season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it fills in a few plot holes, and one of the things that we have is that Brittany, the whole. Um, Dave and Blaine moving in together and mm-hmm. Kurt uh, going online and finding Walter um, and um, all of that is all Brittany is part of Sue's nefarious plan to get Kurt and Blaine back together. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there's other missing scenes. Like, like I had, like I gave Kurt, a, I gave Kurt a mashup solo for the Burt Backrack episode. And Oh, right. Nice. I I what I was the name of it now. again? Or was it just clean advent 2016? 
Uh, it's called Somebody Loves You. Okay. So you got homework, listeners. Go read Pig's Pick. Somebody Loves You. I really should. I, I mean, I, it's a little late to do this now, but I should have started like a claim fic wreck and prompt thing that goes along with the podcast. So every time we mention something, we like link it. Oh, but, yeah. That would have been yeah. a really good one. Damn. And I know. But I don't write a canon. That's okay. Well, then <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to bring this up anyway. And so I did a, I don't know. So, uh, I can't believe I I, do you, I don't know if you guys remember TVD originally started off as a prompt yes blog. the prompt blog yeah, yeah. I yeah. oh yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah. anyway you to like links back to the prompt though I think for, I've seen some floating around like there's one where like Kurt where uh, Lane kisses Sam at blaming on the alcohol and somebody like I don't it got because we did the the Becky scene, I'm skipping over that. Um, and we're going into the auditorium, and we're having like this is my favorite moment of this the episode. Um, this is as much as my favorite mashup. Yeah, I love this song. This is great. let's talk it. just a quick second about Jane and Mason and their singing, and mm-hmm. they sing "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow" with I head over feet. I started yes. shipping them right then and there, and it's like they oh, better. Oh, of course, they're so adorable. Oh yeah. my goodness! And they—they they just you. Yeah, I love the seasons. I mean, no offense to the, you know, but I just—I just—I don't—I I just thought they were. I just really liked them. Yeah. Maybe well, we talked. Introduce them. Yeah, we talked a lot about that in the previous in the homecoming episode about how they, they just did a great job introducing different characters and incorporating them into the stories of the old characters, and everything that just made everything work a lot better. Yeah, these care. So I also think it made it. I, I also liked it better that they didn't do. I don't know if you. I, I don't listen to the the one the other ones from this season. Um, the, I like that they didn't split the narrative for season six. So they were, yeah. even though it was kind of implausible to have all these high school students, these high, former students hanging around their old school. It, they mm-hmm. still. It, it was. I thought it worked better having this one narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps it when it when the storyline is all one storyline because everything about. This, it's all about the Glee Club getting started up and running again. And everybody has offshoots right. of that story, but it's all one story instead of having a yeah. narrative. And I think it just functions better. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, let's talk about this mashup. Yeah, I know. It's great. It, and it, it, I, I, I love... Shirt. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, it was, I, I downloaded it right away. I loved it that much. I know. God, that was a good one. I love the piano. I love how they're, they're things. And look, aside from the whole, and we'll get into this. It's like, cause I'm just like, at that, at the moment, at the time I was like, Kurt, fuck you. When he decided to criticize them, I'm like, you know, no, it was perfect. Yeah. It didn't need choreography. It was, nope. it didn't need to be a pitch higher. Fuck nope. you. Yeah. Well, he no, I actually a, agree with that. Like, and he already, and he had just apologized to Brittany for bringing his own issues into yeah. the choir room, which so he knew he was doing that already, but he went ahead and did did that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like that even Rachel calls him out on that too. He's like, "You are just bringing your own baggage in here. You need to knock yeah. it off." We talked about this at the beginning of the episode. You need to just deal with your shit. Yeah, just like <laughs> he was just like, "Go home. Think about what you've done." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and. I think, you know, we get this clean video, we get Kurt's memories, but I think that's yeah, what I really love 
about this moment is that Kurt. Oh, go ahead, Pink. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say because I wrote down the specific memories. Oh, sure. Um, and I can, and we can just go through them and just kind of give a quick comment for each yeah. one. So, first memory we see is the media adult. It's, it's the don't forget your jacket mm-hmm. and running down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Is that one? And then we get the first kiss. Yeah, that's nice. And then we jump right to prom. And we kind of mm-hmm. do a little jump back and forth because we go to prom and then we jump back to um, when they were burying Pavarotti. The next one we get is Margaret Thatcher Dog. Oh, Margaret Thatcher Dog. <laughs> yeah, Margaret Thatcher Dog. Um, and then suddenly we go to two very dramatic moments. We get to the fight at Scandal in Scandal's parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then they're, um, they're hugged, they're post-tested. Uh, their reconciliation in right. the tested episode. And then it goes into the proposal, right? Yeah, and then jumps the last one. Because what, as a whole, the thing that I think of, that I really love about this is Kurt is thinking about, you know, Blaine, and I really love him, and he was my first love, and then, wait a minute, we just sucked for a while, but then he wanted to marry me and spend the rest of his life with me, and this sucks. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of what I because the first time we have a Kurt flashback in Girls and Boys on Film, and he's thinking he's kind of thinking about sex and romance during that yeah. one. But this one is like, you know, this is our relationship, and yeah, it sucks sometimes, but I still These really love that him. Yeah, but it's also you know times that it's times that Blaine has felt kind of you know. Well, I mean, I want to go back and look at it again. Okay, so the Margaret Thatcher dog. This was when Blaine was having this really you know, he, he and Kurt weren't fighting. He was just having those issues with Cooper mm-hmm. and he had just kind of, kind of backed out. That's why he didn't go on senior day or well, he shouldn't have gone on senior day even anyway, but, um, hell I was a sophomore when I went on senior day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was that whole kind of trying to tear Blaine up. Um, uh, the fight at scandal is, is Blaine kind of feeling kind of misunderstood because even though at the time Blaine was just like now Blaine, and I'm, I'm just maybe I'm just kind of maybe overthinking it, but the way that the memories that Kurt is having is times where Blaine's needed him. Yeah, that's a good point. In a way, where I like where it. he where he was where um where he where Blaine was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think that's that's a good thing. I mean, I all had candidate. Like that's good. I sometimes wonder if they just threw a whole bunch of clean scenes in because they it's like, hey, we haven't used this in a flashback yet. Let's do this. But yeah, it also could just be completely fucking random. But I do like that. I, I do like that he is not just thinking of himself and like he's thinking of this relationship and of Blaine and how much, you know, that's connected. So um, and I do I like when he like you can his facial reactions and he just has that tiny tear that like comes down his cheek and he wipes yeah. it away and he's like I'm gonna pretend that I'm fine but I'm really not fine yeah cool um so one last thing I wanted to mention about um that the uh, the auditorium scene is just that it's nice that this happened they placed this after the Brittany conversation because I like that it shows that like just because you know he is going to try and move on with his life doesn't mean he's necessarily over Blaine or the breakup so. right oh, right well he's still he's still thinking about what he's going to do about him yeah I think yeah. exactly exactly so um okay so then we get we get more of the beast storyline I believe and this is where 
where Coach Beast talks about transitioning. How do you guys, do you know, and I know I understand if this isn't, like, how do you refer to, uh, do you guys still, when you talk about Coach Beast, do you say she for the earlier seasons, or do you just always call Beast he from here? Well, I've always been a little confused oh. by this. I, I was glad after this episode, I was glad that my, my, my tag was always, my Tumblr tag was always Coach Beast, so I didn't have to change the yeah. first name. Right. right. Pronouns. I've always referred to them as Coach Beast. In fact, I've gotten to the point where it's, it's for me. If since I'm talking about a character, and the thing is, it, this is where it gets really hard because we're talking about a fictional character, right? Who in canon was a she until the season where they decided he was a he, and mm-hmm. so it's hard to reconcile that. Because, you know, I mean, I have friends who are trans, so, you know, do I prefer to Sherry? Because when I knew Sherry, she was Jim. So, mm-hmm. it's, you, you get into this stuff where it's just like, well, I mean, on the one hand, you, you want to be respectful, you don't want to dead name anyone, you don't want to right. but at the same time, it's a fictional character. That And, yeah, I don't, like, in, in real life, like, if, you know... Even if I've known you for a long time, if you if you were a guy and then you decide you are or that you are a girl, and I'm like, okay, you're she, I get that, I, I won't, you know. Yeah. But when you're talking about fictional characters, and that's where my like hang up is yeah. because I'm like, how do I approach you know the conversation yeah, about I a fictional character? Be, like from from what I've heard from talking from, from listening to different trans people, um, they some of them have different opinions. Some of them are okay with their past pronouns if you're talking about the past, and but also if they. But then others, because they they always were the gender that they are. Like, mm-hmm. they, they were never the gender. They, they really weren't the gender that they were. The gender that they were assigned at birth was never their real gender. Was never what they were. Right. Right. Okay. So. Um, oh, I just must have. Okay. Yeah. I think I skipped a bunch of stuff. I think I had my page turned around. Anyway, that's why I was confused. Sorry. <laughs> um, just adding to that. Um, From what I've heard, I think it's. I think it's okay if you just ask people, individuals. I mean, again, it is harder with right. fictional characters. Yeah, right. I can't, I can't ask Coach Beast. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for for people in real life, it's I think it's okay to just ask politely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if all else fails, I mean, them is a perfectly suitable gender neutral singular right. term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get more of the Quinn, Becky, and Tina, and this is where. Come on, trucks. Let's go. Um, where to talk louder? <laughs> where they start singing so far away, and they have Becky has to stop because she realizes that she's in her lie. And um, one thing that that Santana says that I'm going to throw out there because it kind of relates to the Kurt stuff too. Mm-hmm. Santana says, you know, real relationships happen when you stop being the person you think the other person wants you to be. And I, I think that's just good advice across the yeah. board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like, we all lied. It's like, I lied about the father of my baby. I lied about the father of my baby. I lied about having the stutter. I pretended I was straight for several yeah. years. <laughs> and then she was um, just like, I had a guy, I told a guy that I had three vaginas, and he was so disappointed when he found out I only had two. <laughs> two. Oh, Brittany. Um, yeah. But I, I think that in a lot of the early clean story, 
you know, and, and and this is indicative of young people anyway. You know, you get so caught up. It's in like, indicative oh. of old people. It's not. Oh yeah, not, that's true. It's not a mistake that is restricted to use. No, it's definitely not. Um, that you get caught up in like, oh, this person's so wonderful. And and you do, you try to also like be mm-hmm. that, you know, I, oh, I'm really interested in this person. Or I'm going to be, it's not even for relationships either. It's like, you know, yeah. you know, for job interviews or for just in meeting people for the first time or, you know, and then oh, when you yeah. get to really know person, you know, that's, that's going to be the test. Like, can you be yourself and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then Becky decides that they're going to, uh, he's, she's going to actually try and be honest, even though she still calls them stupid bitches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and can I just say there was this one line and it was just like, kind of this, this, this a spout off where Tina said something else and Brittany is just like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just completely tuned you out. Oh, um, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. I think it's I don't the know. ongoing, nobody listens to Tina joke. Yeah. They well, yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff didn't a lot of stuff didn't land in season six, and I, I yeah, that season six, but I think some of the stuff didn't land quite the way they. I think you know, and I wonder if it has to go with what we were talking about with the Santana rant, where like they're trying to hit upon like all of season six is doing all of this like throwbacks, and we're going to hit on all right. of these things that people have said about the show over the years, right. um, and it doesn't. Yeah, you're like you said, it doesn't really it doesn't land because. It, right. that's a like way back when like we're not even talking about this anymore and yeah yeah but so. i want to say i love the tina quinn duet and i'm really happy that the version that was available on itunes was a full version of the song i think yeah yeah oh yeah i, okay. I listen to it often because there is a there is the also ongoing joke about tina getting cut off in the middle of her songs mm-hmm. yeah um, i mean you know i don't think and i don't think jenna really had a hard time playing the comedy of that i mean i know that there's right. a lot of fandom yelping about how tina never got a fair shake and it's like if your character is comedy you play comedy i mean that's that's your right Mm -hmm. exactly so okay um so did we get um the kurt and rachel scene at the piano where kurt again apologizes he apologizes a lot i mean yeah well he's acting out a little bit in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. yeah exactly but but also nobody ever apologized to him to the degree that he's apologizing to everybody and yeah oh my god yeah yeah i agree kurt's owed a few oh yeah Yeah. well i even heard also complaints about like well kurt still hasn't apologized to blaine i'm like okay we're not doing this (laughs) yeah it's mm, it's not about that um, so yeah, but yeah, and then, um, and then Kurt, uh, he, Kurt didn't have to apologize because apparently Mason and Jane needed the push. Exactly. Which I also, I kind of like, well, I agree with like what I, with your earlier points, Pink, that like Kurt, that, like they were fine. Yeah. The way they were. Perfect. So it didn't Screw really hurt. <laughs> but as but, far as the pushing goes, maybe they do need the, yeah, they, they need the constructive criticism. Like, they, like, exactly. he, he, like, like in reality terms, he wasn't. It's not like he was being Simon Cowell. He was being more Michelle Visage. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I kind of like they kind of pushed the the mashup thing a little too far in this thing because. But uh, Kurt's like, yeah, mashups aren't always pretty. <laughs> oh, that's at the end of the the end of the episode yeah. when he says that. But um, yeah, so uh, I think there's then there's the. Where Sue and Sam and Beast all talk, and that's when Beast uh, says that 
um, finally comes out. Yeah. And it's a nice scene, though. I mean, at least it it shows how much, like, even Sue is being nice because Sue ends up filling whatever role they need her to fill. But yeah, like I mean, the suit just like just just when I thought I had seen every permutation of people coming out. Um, but it is nice that they, they support Beast in that, so. Yeah, and then later on, I think, it wasn't in this episode, but I think the next one, maybe. No, it was one of the upcoming episodes that, um, Sam does, he did go on Google, and he looked up, he, he educated himself, which is yeah. a good role model for being an ally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also, because, uh, it, go leading to the, the final Daryl and Becky scene where they're at breadsticks, Daryl earlier also said that he educated himself on Down syndrome, and, yeah. um, you know, so there's a lot about being a good ally in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, and Becky admits, you know, that she didn't, she made of all of the stuff, and, you know, she was not the fifth member of 98 Degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a feeling, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing and, is, it shows that also the when Daryl talked about you know how he contacted the National Association for Down Syndrome, it was it wasn't just you know to reassure as far as being an ally, but it was it shows that even he was having the same questions of himself that you know as, as much as the we talked about the infantilization, but the same questions that Tina and Quinn and uh, Roz and Sue had was just like, well, you know, I'm I'm attracted to this person and. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, but, and I know what society would say, um, and w- essentially almost basically doing the research himself is because he may have even questioned himself saying, am I weird? And is, 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 is it normal? Is it fine for me to, to, to like Becky the way that I do? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. so him having this question being self-aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We also know that Becky has been banned from Fuddruckers for life. <laughs> yeah, she does have to work on her anger management issues. Yeah. What is yeah, but I think like, it's okay to be banned from Fuddruckers. Yeah, probably. What is <laughs> up with now the, like... banned from red sticks. <laughs> yeah, what's up with the breaking of the milkshake glasses? I don't get it, but... He didn't have a xylophone available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like... Just Please don't break the glasses, but whatever. Maybe they're bonding over that. I don't know. That poor yeah. waitress who works at I know. <laughs> she has uh, seen so much. She just wants to get her kids through school. She says that like in the early seasons or something like that. Oh no, that's already thinks that she I don't know. Okay, so then we kind of have the last um the last little bit of it where they all end up back in the auditorium and they sing their final mashup. Um, which is, is you learn and you've got a friend. And, like, you know, Santana comes in and she's all happy with Kurt, so there's no real like issues there. Scenario. Yeah, so we have this last scene and they're singing that final mashup and that's when they go into, like, you know, um, it, all of these things make you wonderful and unique and special and you can work as a team, but mashups aren't pretty, but they're amazing and, you know, all of the lovely, <laughs> fluffy stuff that they like to put in their shows mm-hmm. as a mirror was i was just totally cheesed out i was like and that's today's lesson today kids yeah which is yeah. funny because like i love that they're trying to do this big lesson for these kids but it doesn't really like y'all are they're just will. kind of eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're not little schuster i'm sorry are there only four glee club members at this point yes yeah 
Because okay. Kitty, I don't think Kitty joins. Kitty until, joins in the Hurt Locker ones, and Spencer doesn't join until, until later. later. Um, yeah, he joined. He's in there by the end, by by Hurt Locker. Yeah. Too. Okay. Number six. Yeah. Or six so. of them by the end. And then they get the rest with the Warblers. So yeah, they get the rest when Dalton. And then the Warblers. Yeah, but that's later. Yep, that's later. So yeah, that's that's kind of the episode. I do like the last mashup because Kurt sings a lot. He does. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, And overall, I just feel that this this whole season was just weird. And and it wasn't wasn't just because of the writing. It was like there were two things that made this season very, very weird for me. Uh, One was that it, it was very obviously crammed. I mean, it was literally shuffled into the absolute worst ratings period. On a Friday, mm-hmm. after a after a home video YouTube, oh, Terry that was Cruz so bad. Well, they probably so here. I suspect that Fox wanted to cancel it, but because they had a two year renewal yeah. the prior year, they mm-hmm. were financially obligated to pay it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that they, was absolutely what it was. They were just like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. we had we we guaranteed a yeah. whole season. The minimum for a whole season is thirteen episodes, right? Well, they and if 13, we they didn't and if we double episodes, if we double the episodes on the front end on the, and the back end, then we can mm-hmm. run this for like ten weeks minimum, right? And and then so they started to the spring too. Like we don't, we're not gonna not even the spring. It was like you know, I mean, technically March twentieth was it the was last January episode. to March, yeah. Yeah. yeah, January February March. It was basically in the downtime, yeah. Yep. It was just like, it was where you burn stuff off. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse if they said, let's just burn these off at like two in the morning on FX yeah. or something. Or well, FX. Coming Wednesday is the fourth anniversary of the very last episode. Mm-hmm. 20th. Well, and it's yeah. kind of funny that they did. This is why, you know, I know this isn't this episode, but like they, when they wrote the wedding episode and they were trying to make Kurt's decision, like a surprise after the commercial break. And I'm like, why are you bothering? Nobody's why watching the show, that? you know, <laughs> except for the, nobody's watching anymore, know. except for the diehards anyway. So, so yeah, but you why? have to have commercial breaks. So you have to pace the 44. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I know. But well, here's the, the other thing it's that made it weird. It it's just the structure of television. They can't do anything <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> the other thing that was weird, though, is the way that they would introduce the episodes. Like we, we didn't, we got, they didn't have the here's. So here's what you missed on Glee, mm-hmm. and they would do that weird thing where if they would have the fade up of Fox Presents. Oh, did they? I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. They would have this. They would have this fade up where it says Fox Television Presents. Yeah, there's no that's what you missed on Glee for season six. Yeah, there was none of that. But and it wasn't just even the episodes in previous seasons where they didn't do us. So here's what you missed. They didn't do it like that. And I've actually kind of noticed that they do do that with 911, which is another Ryan Murphy show on Fox. Oh, yes, that's a good one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the way that they, it was just, it just the whole season just felt completely off from the rest of the series, which is yeah. why a lot of people, which is why, quite frankly, there are a lot of people who are just like, I stopped at the end of season five, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, they could have just not done it. It's like, how about this? We'll do a two-hour Glee movie where we fast-forward five years and everybody's planning Curtin Blaine's wedding. Oh, they could have done that. Oh, I don't God. want that. I, I like season six. I, 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 I enjoyed too. it. I it's thought it was like a, a great example of how you make everybody happy with the ending of your show without necessarily trying to overreach. 
Yeah. And I, I, mean, I understand a lot why of people hate it, it too. <laughs> what? I mean, oh, go, go ahead, Kelly. What did you say? Sorry. Um, no, I don't. I, I forgot. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I like it. It's not maybe where I would have gone with it, but I, I do like a majority of what we got. I think it, I also think it makes more sense than some people give it credit for. I mean, I just agree. like the overarching, like, we're going to get Glee Club back together. I, so that's just, yeah, yeah. I agree. So. I remember, I wish I, um, I, I, Kay will probably be on another, um, another podcast at some point, but she had posted something really interesting that said, can you imagine if they had just done season six exactly the same way that they did, except with the framing devices being five years in the future instead of six months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been, well, I, yeah, there's always this weird thing that they did, even starting in season four, where they started acting like once you graduated, um, the kids like magically got like five years later, older. And um, yeah, that would have been really interesting to to yeah. frame it in a different way. Like that. actually matched up everyone's ages in real life. Yeah. Plus, I think one of the, oh, and I think um, it would have been that Kurt and Blaine were married, but um but they but they were separated or something and oh that would have been um, an interesting way oh that's right i do remember that post that she put because i said it it sounded like uh sweet home my old day mom (laughs) yeah (laughs) so but yeah i wanted to see more kurt and blaine wedding planning hijinks or i I think you could have done a good storyline with it you don't have you don't have to break up a couple and have all these love triangles to make an interesting love storyline well and i agree but i think that the way ryan murphy writes the stories unfortunately it just seems like that is the story they seem to know how to tell right um i also think they were trying to go back to season two a lot of ways so yeah yeah, so i don't know Mm -hmm. um it's almost like a do-over of season four because it's like season four it's like i don't know i like it yeah, it's like season four. It's like you know you have new kids and you have it's like new kids in the Glee, Glee Club and you have a breakup. Season six, you have new kids in the Glee Club and you have a breakup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I enjoy that. I I think it. I mean, it's definitely. I'm very fond of it now that we're so far past. Yeah. During living through it was a nightmare because fandom was a nightmare. But <laughs> um, you know, it's what we got. So yeah, I guess I'm kind of. And now that I think about it, you know, I, I just said that whole season six of the remake of season four. But another thing is like you have Rachel in a whole, you know, not necessarily failing, but, you know, in season four, you have Rachel basically trying to start her life over again, but in New York. Mm-hmm. And season six, you have Rachel trying to start her life over again, but back in Lima. That's always been an ongoing theme with the show. I, um, yeah. I just feel like it's you know, a lot more paralleled with four yeah. and six. No, I think I think you're right though. I think they were trying to it felt like they were trying to redo a lot of things. It felt like they were trying to call back. I think mm-hmm. I, you know, the show doesn't really outright do uh I mean other than two thousand nine, it doesn't really outright do like specific callbacks. Like I how do I want to say this? Because he has a specific um, but like they don't I don't know what I'm saying. Never mind. I just think that's very subtle the whole way through that they are like referencing everything else that happened before it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to mention or I will wrap this up? Uh, on this particular episode, were there any other songs that anybody had wished had been done? Um, hmm. Like um, other than you want to know? Oh, ironic. Well, that wasn't on Jagged Little Pill though, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Oh, it was? 
Oh, that would have been interesting to do. Yeah, and the I video. Remember the video, and they had Alanis with different. I yeah, with different hairstyles and different camera angles. Yeah. It was like four Alanis. Yeah, I think that would have been interesting too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how it would fit in, but yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They did, and they did um, uninvited at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But that was not from that same album. That was invited. Was from right? No, it wasn't. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad they finally got Atlanta's in there and Carol King. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this, yeah. uh, this is definitely a, a rush to get in all of the songs that they wanted to do because I think that's why we got a lot of '80s stuff. Um, and uh, musically, this is definitely a highlight of the season. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I will say, I feel like, um, and this is maybe, it's like, we only have a few podcasts left, I know, for this season, but I know that coming up, I think we're going to be doing a full music podcast Mm -hmm. that's just music of Glee, and an idea I had was, what if we end each episode with, like, kind of a a, a specific theme of, what would you have liked to have seen? Yeah, like, like for instance, uh, for this episode, when we can put this in the music episode, and then people can, you know, message you or what have you, and say, oh, or sure. start with threads. Like, here's what you're saying. So here's my thing. Okay, if you could add one song to one of the past episodes, what would it be, and sung by whom? So okay. I will start. So here's my example. Blame it on the alcohol, season two. Mm-hmm. If they had had done UB40's Red Red Wine. Oh, that would have been nice. Oh, yeah. I like that. I know that Kurt Kurt didn't get drunk at Blame It On The Alcohol, but like maybe later on in the privacy of his home, he thinks about, he's thinking about Blaine and the fight over the being by and and going out with Rachel and Kurt decides to pour himself a glass of red, red wine, and then another, and then another. <laughs> and they're always very that. literal. They, they can be very literal in their song interpretation sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that that would be my, if I had to add, add one song that was not done on the show to a specific episode. Cool. So that I, would be my example. Thanks. So if somebody, if if you're listening and you want yeah. to listen, believers, it's yeah, like, I, oh, hey, if y'all could have added this song to this episode, that's why yeah. we would like this yeah, that, that will be an interesting discussion. Um, yeah, I will post that too and ask them the question. And then um, when we do that, and I believe I have you on that podcast, Pink, um, that yeah. we can talk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do because I know you were like talking about it. Um, uh, I will ask them and, and we'll talk about some of the what people have said on the podcast. So okay. I've, I, it's, it's, I have to do it in a poll way because I've tried like, hey guys, yeah. uh, you know, look right in and I don't really get people writing in from actual requests yeah. from the podcast. So, why, but, so let's do that. Let's do, um, we can do that. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do it at the end of every podcast, but we can just have like maybe a weekly poll leading up to that music episode. Sure. Yeah, and, and I'll and I'll get with you about you know some other possible you know possibilities. That'd be great. Like um, no, hey, I, I, what if this song? It's like what song do you wish if you could remove? Like another one could be if you could take a song out of one episode, or you've done, or if you my always think like what songs have been out now that you wish that would have been around when Glee came up when Glee was out because mine is always shut up and dance that I love that song. Yeah. And, or if you could do you know. an entire themed episode, build your playlist. 
There you go. Like I wanted, like I wanted them to do a Guardians of the Galaxy tribute episode. Like Sam just got into Marvel, <laughs> and they just did all the songs from the Austin awesome Oh, X-Line. that would have been fun. <laughs> cool. And and Sam and, and Sam and uh, Mercedes could have done Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh, that would have been a great one. Yeah, I like that. And Curtin Blaine could have done the Pina Colada song. <laughs> no. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining in on the podcast today. Uh, Next week, we are jumping into the Hurt Locker episode. So it's going to get crazy up in here. Um, So yeah, uh, thanks for listening and join us next Sunday. But now they're okay Only me or my You're the apple of my eye Girl, I never loved one like you Found you hiding here So won't you take my hand, darling There's nothing that can stop you From becoming popular Lar But take